You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Now launching Mackie and Judd We get things rolling with the opening bell Want to ring the bell? For the first and goal, Ajayi puts it on the ground This one is to Thielen What a throw and catch And in the open field, Adam Thielen Spins down inside the 30. Second down and two as it took a sack off the board. Now Thielen in the end zone with a flag for the touchdown. Ball's out. Picked up by the Vikings. Joseph. Can he win this long foot race? Linvald Joseph. No flags. Touchdown Minnesota. Do you know, what Manny, why that victory on Sunday in Philadelphia was so imperative, so important for our Vikings? Why is that, Jeff? Do you know why it was absolutely necessary that the Vikings pulled to 2-2-1 two, two, and one to give us hope? Why is that? Because the rest of our men's professional winter sports teams, well, unfortunately, we have to go here. <laughs> is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. Manny Hill, I am going to start today's show by playing the role of a sports meteorologist. All right? Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to provide you with the forecast for this winter when it comes to our winter sports teams outside of the purple. And right now it looks dire. It looks like we're going to get 75 inches of snow, and that's November alone. <laughs> it looks absolutely dire. The latest, let's start with our favorite basketball team, our favorite NBA team at least, the Minnesota Timberwolves, where according to uh, a Shams and Johnny Krasinski of The Athletic, a story that was posted today, Jimmy Butler has returned to Minnesota, but it's not good news. And in a meeting with President and Coach Tom Thibodeau, reiterated his desire to be traded, league sources told The Athletic. Butler has not practiced with the team since training camp opened on September 25th, just over a week after he first met with Tibbs to personally deliver his trade request. The Wolves have had conversations with a number of teams, most notably the Heat, but have yet to close a deal. So... So far, we've got the Wolves now. We've got Butler back in town, although I did see he was once again working out and or playing basketball today. <laughs> Lifetime fitness in Plymouth this time. What about that surgically repaired wrist? You mean the one the one that caused him so much trouble? that And, and Mike Rand of the Star Tribune went to Wolves Access today and asked Tibbs flat out, according to his Twitter account, is he being reprimanded? Is, is he being fined? And the answer remains no. So, and I know when they opened training camp and the excuse was the surgically repaired wrist, they said that that was going to take about a week or so. But last time I checked my calendar, we're past a week now. So the saga absolutely continues. Mm -hmm. There is no movement 
as far as we can tell, they came close to a deal on Saturday with the Heat, at which it looks like the Heat actually gave in to the Wolves' asking price and or came very close. And the Wolves came back and said, yeah, if you're going to do that, we'd like more. So this thing right now, Manny Hill. Wouldn't it be so Timberwolves for Jimmy Butler to re-injure his surgically repaired wrist and then not be... Well, he, for them not to be able to trade him at all. Oh, and, and it would so be Timberwolves. And Timber mark, and that mark to my words, if he shows up, so if Tibbs gets his way and he shows up, that wrist will be injured within two or three games, whether it's injured or not. Whether it's and any and any work that can potentially be done on that wrist will be wrist will be requested at that point. But bigger picture here from this entire story, mm-hmm. this team's got no chance. You can't do this to a collection of people. First of all, Tibbs can't be coaching him. Like, there's got to be nothing going... Uh, his entire focus is on Jimmy. So, if there's a system... And that's only... It, it sounds like that's only been for a few weeks since he announced his trade request because obviously something was wrong all summer and nobody did anything to have any conversations or talk about it or try and work this out. Like, this should have been... I keep saying it. This, this conversation about Jimmy wanting a trade request... This should have been a conversation that happened in June or July. Of course. But, because then but, that gives you even more time to try and right work out a deal now, or whatever. But Right now, the fallout is this. This isn't, this isn't a team chasing an eighth seed. This is a bottom of the Western Conference complete embarrassment. Oh, yes. And not because of their personnel. Andrew Wiggins could play well, but you know what? If Tibbs is not, he's not coaching them. He's doing nothing with them. If you play for this team, you got to desperately one out right now. You're being ignored. There's no way that we can come to a conclusion yeah. that Thibodeau is being delinquent when it comes to coaching. He's he's being um, he's being negligent when it comes to making the trade his owner told him to make. This poor collection's got no chance. And if I am a season ticket holder at Target Center, I am miffed. I have no interest in paying. The prices I was going to pay well, to see this entire—it's a complete joke. The, the fans uh, that were in attendance at Target Center on Friday against Oklahoma City made their voices heard when Tom Thibodeau's name was announced. Mm-hmm. They booed him out of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, that pretty much—I think that says a lot right there in itself. I think that this whole situation—I mean, if you look at this roster from top to bottom, there's talent there. There's good players. Towns is a good player. I think Taj is a very good player for what, you know, for what he's asked to, asked to do. I think Jeff Teague's a good player. I mean, Wiggins is Wiggins can be a good player, but it's just a matter of if he gives a damn or not. Right. That's still obviously a question. Right. But there's there's enough talent on here to to at least be competing for an eighth speed and an, an eighth seed without Jimmy Butler. But the problem is is the the development of the young players has not been there, and now you've got. Josh Okogie and you've got Kata Bates job who you should be trying to develop and grow. I don't know how much court time they're going to see, even when even with Jimmy Butler out. But with Jimmy th- Butler not being a not being a factor on the team right now. But do you think that that Thibodeau is paying any attention to this team as a team at all? It doesn't look like it in the preseason. The way they're playing, it doesn't look like it. I mean, it doesn't look like they're they. And it's just preseason, but they look like a bottom of the Western Conference team right now. So far in the preseason. So is he doing 
any piece of this job that he's supposed to do under the parameters of the five-year, $40 million contract that he got two years ago, is he doing any part of the job right now? Mm, I don't know. Glenn, I got two words for you. Glenn Taylor, for cause. People say you're cheap, right? For cause. Trade Butler yourself. I don't even care what you do at this point. And then well, tell they gotta, Tom. But they, they've got to get the right deal, though. I and mean, then, they, they can't because. But they had it. The Miami deal was the right oh, deal. For sure. Oh, no, they're passing. They're passing on the right deal now. No, no, this is no longer. This is. There is no defense for what they're doing here. Saturday afternoon, they had the right deal. But it goes back to what you said about everybody being wrong in this, in Correct. this whole situation. But what I'm saying is I'm writing it for them. For cause. <laughs> you take. You take Richardson from the Heat. I know you don't love it, but it's not. But but you don't hate it. No, I'd love. And you I'd like love basketball. Have, I'd, I'd love to have Josh a lot Richardson more than I do. So you I'd get it. I'd love to get Josh Richardson. So you back get that trade, Butler. Right. Yes. So okay. So make that trade. Then inform Tom he's done nothing that you've asked him to do, and fire him for a cost. Let him sue you. <laughs> He'll get some money, but he won't get the whole thing. Yeah. I'm dead serious. I'm pro- this is problem solving. <laughs> Three o'clock, I come on here on a Tuesday. We problem solved. You Judd's help me out. Problem we, solving yes, we problem solved. That's what we should call it. Three o'clock solved. hour now. It's done. <laughs> uh, by the way, we've we've got uh, tampering as well now. Blatant Jimmy Butler tampering. This comes from a uh, Twitter account, Salman Ali Red Nation Hoops, which mm. covers the Rockets. Okay. The name of the owner of the Rockets is Tillman Fertitta. Is that correct? F-E-R-T-I-T-T-A? Yes. Okay. Purchased from Leslie Alexander, yes. I'm going to read you his quote, and then you tell me You tell me exactly what, what you think the check is going to be that he's going to have to write for tampering, because there, be there will be a fine. <laughs> Tillman, we would love to see Jimmy come home to Houston. It's Ooh, not a fine. See, that's that, yeah. Oh, it gets worse. It's not a financial decision. It's an asset decision on our part. We've got a great basketball team. We think we're as good as anybody in the league. We're not going to give up unreasonable assets to break up this team to get Jimmy Butler, but we would love to have him. Mm, you can't, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much. I mean, Magic Johnson got fined for even mentioning Paul George's name. Correct. I mean, you yeah, that's that's going to be a tampering deal. You can't you can't do that. You, you can't do that. That's, that's, yeah. Some problems I can solve and some. Ding, ding. I don't know how to. A goal here gives the Golden Knights a win. Here's Hala. Scores! They broke through Dubnik. And Eric Hala back in Minnesota gives the Golden Knights their first win of the new season. The third period, the last two games, you guys played so much better than the first two in each of the games. What, what do you have to do to bring that the whole game? I gotta figure it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I wish I had the answer right now, but uh, they, uh, um, right now, we gotta, you know, I think we're, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta figure it out. But I mean, obviously, we can't uh, win a lot of hockey games in the one goal game. All right, I can solve the Wolves' problems. I can't. I don't know here. <laughs> Manny Hill, I don't know here. So what you're saying is your guess is on how to fix this, your guess is as good as Bruce Boudreaux's? Yes, yes. And here, here, that's exactly what I thought because I'm, I'm just going to play the first part of this quote again or soundbite. The third period, the last two games, that's you guys played so much better than the first two in each of the games. What, what do you have to do to bring that the whole game? i got to figure it out.
That's not anger. That's a, oh my God, what's going on here? Yeah. I got some off days. I hope I can, I, I hope I can that help is, this. That is Bruce putting his hands up like, I don't know what to do here, but I got to figure it out. So let me give you some stats oh here. Oh boy. So so through two games, the We're Wild. two games in, Judd, and I the don't... coach is already like, I don't know what to do here. And that's not his fault, but oh my gosh. So they are 0-1-1. They lost 4-1 last week in their opener at Colorado. Outshot 40-21 to in that game, include, mm. including 32-13 to through two periods. Yep. And then they storm back in the third, and that hence why they, they are and always will be the furious rallies. Then on Saturday, I went. Home opener. I predicted six goals, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is going to be the wild. They're going to score six goals. They're going to win six to two, and it's going to be everyone's going. They lose two to one in a shootout to the Vegas Golden Knights, who, by the way, lost to Buffalo yesterday and aren't off to a great start themselves. Outshot 42 to 30 in that game, including, and this is at home, your, mm-hmm. your home opener. A- after you laid an egg in game one, including 25 to 13 outshot through two periods of play. Mm. So you've now been outshot by 31 shots in two games, and the only reason why you're not 0-2 is your goaltender, Devin Dubnik, has stopped 77 of 80 shots. The third periods in both cases make me mad because they actually come back and, and attempt to assert themselves and try. But I'm Manny Hill, I'll tell you what, through the first two periods of both those games, they just look like a slow collection that can't keep up in today's National Hockey League. So is it is it effort and focus, or is it just physical ability that is just getting outmatched on a night-in, night-out basis so far? Does it bother you? I mean, even the guys in the room were saying that, that this is the home opener. They've got to come out harder and with more urgency, and it was very similar to the game in Colorado. What Does that bother you? Does that concern you? Of course it concerns me, yeah. I mean, uh, and you want to come out and jump out and have a 3 nothing lead right off the bat, but it uh, it hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll look at the tapes of both games. We'll compare and we'll see why. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't have an answer for you right now. I mean, maybe it's they want to make everything perfect. And uh, But the one thing I've found out in this league uh, right now is you got to skate. You got to be able to skate. If you're not skating, you're, you're left in the dust. So I mean, it's uh, uh, we tried to make too many plays standing still in the first two periods. What is he going on? He doesn't know. He's right about they're not skating, but is it because they're just not that good and they're slow and old? I think the stat but I they're saw. They're not old. I mean, Parisian, the, Parisian Suter, yeah, got, and 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 Stahl, but they're not yet. They're not that young though. You still got Nino and Granlund are young, but they're not kids. The rest of this league. But all these, but even like Zucker and guys like that, they're all in their 20s. I can't help everybody all the time. What? I'm trying to help the Wolves here. I can't help these guys. I don't know. They just might. the The only thing, I told you this, the only thing I can figure is that when the owner told the new GM, who's got job security for a long time, that it's only tweaks, he's like, Okay then, here's what we'll do. But I'll, see, here's, here's I'll watch these guys, but I know I know they're not this collection of people together just doesn't work. But like how I guess I'm just I guess my question is how can you be dog crap for 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 40 minutes? Well put. And but then just suddenly turn on the Jets, 
you know, for, for the last 20 minutes of regulation for the third period. They've done that twice now. Well, and that, that is what they have done for a long so time. So it, it's like, so that's why I ask, like, is it, is it physical ability that they're lacking or is it just they just think they can turn on the light switch whenever they want to and they think that they can just coast for the first two periods and then turn it and, you know, keep it close and then turn on, you know, turn on the jets in the third period. You're asking the same questions. I don't, I don't understand it. Has no clue about. And you have, yeah, they, they have, they're not spring chickens. I'm not saying that they're, they, they just got youth across the board, but they got, Judd, they got guys in their twenties mm-hmm. that should not be dogging it for, for two periods. And then saying, Oh, well, third period time to give a damn and start playing hard. Oh, I'm not defending them. It's a bad, it's not, it's you got guys a that bad are bad collection. The collection doesn't work together. We just know that. I mean, you got you have guys that are up there. You got Parisi and Suter and Stahl and those guys that are in their thirties, approaching their mid thirties, have been have been playing a lot of lot of ice time over the years. Got a lot of minutes under their belt. Okay, they're a little long in the tooth. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you got you also got guys that are like in their mid to late twenties that are like, come on, man, like. I don't get it, and you're and to your point, you're probably. I mean, you're right. Like this is this is just a collection of guys that just doesn't work, and that in a sense is very similar to maybe the Jimmy Butler situation with the Wolves. Different, different in terms of you know personalities and everything, but it might just be Jimmy Butler's just not a fit with Towns and Wiggins. Yep, and it might be the same case with the Wild, where this this collection of guys is just not. But I I just don't I don't understand. The, especially with guys like Parisi and Suter in in your in your locker room, like guys that well, I've told you for a long. I've told for. I've said for a while now they're not that effective in that room. Obviously not. They're not. They're obviously not. not. They're not. That was that was. I thought they would be, but they haven't been. They they do not have that alpha captain personality. They don't have it. They've got a lot of guys who are very concerned about one thing themselves. But this now, because of the first two periods in both these games, this now leads me down the path of, I think you might have some guys who, as you just said, aren't that young. And you also have got, you know what? What's the excitement? What's the excitement for the fans? What's the excitement for them? Hmm. They know this isn't going to work. The guy I feel bad for is Bruce. Those answers are... Bruce is a good coach, man. He is a good coach, but, but the sound bites that we just played are legitimately a guy who doesn't know. And he knows a lot about hockey. Yeah. But he doesn't know. He's watched two games. You can't. They The players in the, in the locker room on Saturday were astounded how bad they came out. It's the home opener. You're not going to be excited about a home game now till if you make the playoffs. Mm. Wow. Uh, but that's not all. That's not all because at TCF Bank Stadium on Saturday, P.J. Fleck did some interesting and I'm not sure very smart things we'll discuss next. Mackie and Judd is the show. It's Zolgad, Manny Hill right now. We are in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. And Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic. It's brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. 694 westbound. We have a crash uh, between 35W and Long Lake Road in New Brighton, adding uh, about five minutes to your commute. And also 94 westbound 
Uh, we have a crash uh, adding about 11 minutes to your commute. That is uh, between 5th Street and 35W in Minneapolis. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. Thank you, Manny. Uh, Chris Singleton will join us at 4 o'clock to uh, discuss the baseball playoffs, which obviously are uh, still going on. Only one of the division series left. That'll be Red Sox and Yankees, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we'll have tonight on the station. Mm-hmm. Mike Golick Jr., ESPN, uh, joins us at 4.30 to talk football and various things. Uh, we did not happen to get to the Gophers lost to Iowa on uh, the Monday show because of the Vikings-Eagles game. But I want to touch on something, Manny Hill, that happened in that game. The decision to have the punter, Jacob Herbers, throw a pass from his own 49 late in the first half. The uh, Gophers at that point trailed 21-10. to And they had evidently tried this in practice. And, and we'll play the uh, soundbite from P.J. Fleck in a second. But the pass was deep down the sideline and fell incomplete. And I thought to myself, in that situation, it was fourth and five, midfield. In that situation, I don't have a huge issue with trying to get the first down and being creative. But do I really have the punter throw a deep pass down that sideline like that? The play the play call surprised me more than the decision to to go for it in some way, shape, or form. Here's what Flex said post game about that decision. Yeah, I love the decision. There's no schematic problem with it. It's perfect. If we complete that, we go score. It's 21-17. Now we don't. Uh, they com- they convert their fake. We don't convert ours. They go down to score, but then we score right back. So to me, it was a wash. Worrying about the short field is why you fake it there. They don't think you're going to fake it, and then you fake it. We just threw the ball out of bounds. We hadn't thrown the ball out of bounds in the last two weeks of practicing it, and we threw it out of bounds. So if I would have known we were going to throw it out of bounds, I would have thrown it. Okay, practicing that play is a lot different than actually calling for the Herbers kid, the punter, to throw that ball. And it wasn't the decision to get creative, which I'm fine with. Mm -hmm. It's the play call. Do you really have the kid try and throw? If If you want to get six or seven yards and get the first down and get your offense back on the field at, let's say, the the Hawkeyes' 44-yard line, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's when you have the kid try and hit the receiver basically in stride going down the sideline for, for what looked like a shot at a touchdown, and if it's complete, I get it. Everybody loves it. But the percentage of the play call to me is where I looked at that and said, I don't love that idea. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean... We we've seen teams run fake punts and and have been successful at it where the punt the punter you know gets the snap and runs off and you know runs for nine or ten yards and picks up the first down. We saw the Bears run a fake punt against uh, against the Vikings I think last year at Soldier Field that was pretty successful. Uh, we saw the Cleveland I remember the Cleveland Browns punter had like a sixty yard run against against the Saints a few years ago. I don't remember what the punter's name was. Sure. But, you know, they opened up a hole for him. He took off and ran, ended up running for about 60 yards. I don't really get having the punter throw a deep pass like that on fourth and five. Right. Because exactly. that, that just doesn't, I don't, I don't know. I, that just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. To, for that particular play, mm-hmm. to do that, to ask your punter to do that. I mean, because that, that has to work 
perfectly to even be successful. Like, everything has to go right. He has to make a perfect pass. Correct. Which, he's a punter. He's not accustomed to, to making a perfect pass. And it's a it's a deep pass. It's a, it's a difficult throw to make. So I don't I don't really I didn't really understand that either. Because if he's got the ability, if the punter gets the ball and and let's say it's a run play, okay, he can control that a bit. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's a short pass, okay. Because we've seen fake punts where it's like a, it's a direct snap to one of the upbacks, yes, ex- and then he yes. runs right up the so, middle and picks up seven yards for a first down. So the point isn't that PJ Flex shouldn't be creative. I think he Correct. should be. Right. Yeah. The, the point is, if and when you get good, I don't know that I like the idea of going for broke by ha- having your punter throw a deep ball when he's not accustomed to doing that. Uh, and and <laughs> let's in game action. Let's quickly talk about the fact that it was a wash because what, what happened was so Hawkeyes take over, go down and score. They're up by eighteen. Uh the Hawkeyes that or or the Gophers then drive down and Anikstead throws a pick in the end zone. Hawkeyes, we think, are going to run the clock out and then get the ball back on Saturday to start the second half. Instead, though, can I ask you, did you see the Nate Stanley pass? The Iowa quarterback's pass under pressure deep in his own territory that got picked off. It, it was a wash because the Gophers picked off a pass mm-hmm. and scored a late touchdown to end the half, essentially. But did you see this kid's pass? I, that part, I, that sequence of the game, I did miss. Okay. This is one of the stupidest passes I've ever seen. This kid <laughs> is under duress, which is not his fault. He's scrambling to the right sideline, and he's looking hes looking straight at what looks to be complete chaos. And instead of going out of bounds or hitting the turf and essentially doing the smart thing, he throws a ball that easily gets picked off. That's the type of thing that if I was a coach, it would drive me crazy. What are you thinking? <laughs> There's been enough breakdowns. He he threw it, Manny, into what had to be, he had a receiver there, but I swear to God there were two, if not three, gophers standing right there. What are you thinking? The sport is tough enough. Yeah, and at, what's weird, too, is at the college ranks, we always see... It, it just, it, I think, and, and I love college football. I, I'm a college football nerd. I love college football. But sometimes you see teams do things like this. You'll see quarterbacks make certain throws, and you're like, what is he doing? Yeah. Why is he? What, you know, the, the I'll go back to the Fresno State Gophers game. The, the, the play call, the, the great play that Antoine Winfield Jr. makes. It was a terrific play. One of the best defensive plays I've ever seen. Oh yeah, the play call. But, but the play call, like, <laughs> yes. why are you, why are you doing that when your quarterback had been mar- had marched your guys down the field inside the five yard line, mm-hmm. and then you run that? Mm-hmm. It's like I don't understand. It seems like in college they seem to do that more, where they're just always, whether it's players or coaches, they're always trying to be too cute, and they're always trying to do something that makes That's you just a scratch your problem, head. Problem, right? That's yeah. just a football problem. But we don't see it, we don't see it nearly as much in the NFL as in the well, NFL. This Nate Stanley kid, I have no clue. He's well, when's the last time Iowa really had a good quarterback? He looked though? he but but I you're mean, looking Beth, Bethard's playing in the league, but eh. but he it, the people around him were as close as as you are to me right now. He's looking right at the defense. He's he's essentially looking at two defensive backs right there, and he decides I'll throw the ball. It was it was really really weird and good for the golfers, but 
you look at that stuff and you say, what are you thinking, kid? All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, 651-646-8255 if you'd like to join the conversation. And uh, then we are also are going to get to Manny's Four Deep Thoughts. Yes. Coming up next on Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios, Zolgad, Manny Hill right now. Uh, Chris Singleton, ESPN, will join us at 4 o'clock. Mike Wolick Jr. talk uh, football at 4.30 and then the football hour with Collar and Cronin at 5 o'clock in which we will delve into plenty of Vikings discussion. Before we get to Manny's four deep thoughts, let's get to uh, John. How are you, John? Thanks for calling the show. Fantastic. How you doing, fellas? Great. Good. I had a thing about the Gophers. I was watching the very end of the game. There was 45 seconds left. They were down by, I want to say, 17. And they run that poor guy across the middle and get his head knocked off for what? Uh, absolutely nothing. That Yeah, that's not too smart. Yeah. I'm with wind you, John. Clock, wind the clock up and get out of here. Yep. All right, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. There's. Uh, well, you know what? There's times the quarterbacks throw guys into uh, hits that you think is going that are going to get them decapitated. So, and you see that much more in college football too, because I mean they're they're younger kids, and it's not the NFL, and they're not pros yet. Without further ado, it's time. We now present Manny Hills for deep thoughts. All right, so I had some fun. I had way too much fun gathering sound uh, for the 4D thoughts, particularly number four, which we'll get to very shortly. But first, here's number one. Starts in the shotgun, drops back, looks to the far sideline, wide open, Traquan Smith. And Traquan Smith is going to go to the end zone. Drew Brees has done it. You have just witnessed history, New Orleans. Drew Brees is the NFL's all-time leading passer. And, uh, Judd, you know, I got to tell you when, when I used to watch Drew Brees at Purdue when I was in high school, and he marched right up and down the field against the Gophers all the time. <laughs> I remember and those games. Set all sorts of, yep. uh, so, sorts of records with Joe Tiller and that spread offense at Purdue. I never thought this guy would end up throwing for more yards than anybody in NFL history. Never would have imagined it. But uh, congrats to him last night. That was pretty cool. And do you remember? Do you remember Nick Saban and, and the Dolphins? Yeah, they could have had him. Their choice was Culpepper or Breeze. And they traded for Dante, right? They traded for him. And and if I'm not mistaken, and Breeze was a free agent. I got a tweet about this last night. Breeze, I think, might have been failed on his physical because he had the neck and shoulder problems yep. from San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I think the Miami Dolphins doctors, who should all be fired, might have <laughs> failed him on that physical. And they traded for Dante Culpepper instead of Drew Brees. That would have changed the course of a lot of things, potentially, for those two teams, Saints and the Dolphins. Yep, and it worked out pretty well for the Saints because they got themselves a Super Bowl a couple of years later. All right, here is thought number two. A 40-yard field goal try. Good snap and hold. The kick on its way, and the kick is good! It's good! Kicker! The kicker! Comes through! <laughs> and with nine seconds to play in the ball game, the Longhorns lead it! 48-45! Yeah, Dicker the kicker drills it through, and the uh, Longhorns beat the Sooners in the uh, Red River shoot. I, what do they call it? The Red River 
It used to be the Red River Shootout, right? Yep. That's what they used to call it. Now it's like the Red River Showdown or something. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. either way, Texas, Oklahoma is fun again. And that was that game was incredible. And Mike Stoops got fired, right? Yes, he did get fired. Their defensive coordinator and the brother of the guy who turned the program over to the current head coach got right. fired. Yes, absolutely. And uh well, it was crazy because Texas has a three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter with like and they and they blow it within like eight minutes. Because, you know, Kyler Murray, who's a first-round draft pick of the Oakland A's, who's going to report to spring training next next spring yep. and play for the A's, but he's going to play quarterback for Oklahoma for the rest of this season, yep. leads him back to tie the game, and then Texas goes down and uh, kicks the field goal. And that was, it was a fun game. It was high-scoring. No, defense was optional, but, uh, but it was a fun game. I'm glad to see those two teams are... Because it's been kind of, with Texas being really, really well, now mediocre. Is, te- is Texas back or not? Because they, they lost might to be. Maryland to start the season, which made me assume that they were But now they're, they're in the top ten. They're, they're number yeah. nine now. And, you know, Tom Herman's doing, he's doing wonders there. And, and I, you know, I like Charlie Strong a lot, but people were wondering why he got fired from there. He didn't win enough. Right. You can't, I mean, six and six is not good enough at Texas. And your shelf life at, at a place like that, if you don't come in and win immediately, is how long? A couple of years? A couple of years, yeah. I don't think five Charlie, years. I think Charlie got. I think Charlie got three years. Okay, and they fired him. So, which might seem quick, but at, at a school like that in football, if you don't With win, all those you're resources, gone. yeah, you got You got to do. A Showdown bit. is correct. All right, is shootout really that offensive? There's a couple things in 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 life I don't get. I don't get why why Washington's NBA team is not the Bullets, which I thought was a great name. Oh, it was great, and yeah. it was after the Bullet Train. Yeah. And Red River Shootout, I mean, I consider that to be a lot of football and a lot of scoring. Is that really, are, are you offended enough to to change the name? Not at Can't all. Can't we change Redskins and Braves and Indians first? Yeah, that would be nice. Like, let's go, after, those first let's go then... after those and then and then let's not get offended by, I think, Shootout in that context, it's very clear that they mean it's a football game and you got a lot of scoring potentially. Like, I don't think to myself, oh, guns and bullets and this is bad. The the only uh, the only other name change to the rivalry game that I don't really like is the fact that they changed uh, Florida and Georgia from the uh, world's largest cocktail party. That was that was they great. changed that, was, that. Oh yeah, I don't think they call it that anymore. Oh, that's awful. The Florida Georgia game. Yeah. That's awful. Down in no, that should be changed back immediately. Yeah, that's not a fan. No, no, no. The world's no. largest cocktail. Encouraging. Party. Dr- you know yes. what? If you can't take it, <laughs> get off. Yes, you're done. All right, here's, Love thought, that. here's thought number three. You see Julio Jones, you see players like that. They're, in my mind, uh, every team doesn't have a true number one receiver. When you put it in that class, those guys that just absolutely can change the ball game with where they, with where they are. Uh, and that hasn't been our case for uh, several years here, that we've had a true number one. Not a true number one. <laughs> and uh, those guys uh, uh, are... are or we'd like to have had one, like to have one, but we haven't. Okay, Jerry. Jerry Jones talking on 105.3, the fan in, in Dallas, the uh, Cowboys flagship station. Uh, yeah, I, not a number one wide receiver for several years. So he considers a top five guy to be, and and the rest are twos? I, I, I guess so. He's saying Des Bryant. Is, I mean, is Des he taking had like shot? 90 plus catches no, and like. Fifteen hundred yards but or something he, like that. But in like is is twenty fourteen? Is he purposely taking a shot at Dez, or is he saying if I don't have one of the five best receivers in the world, I don't have a true n- number one at that spot? I guess, but you could. I mean, Dez was probably top five 
I mean, time, he's not he's not anymore. Obviously, he tailed off quite a bit with injuries and stuff. But I love Jerry. I mean, he, Jerry can't you know, help himself. I mean, Des was legit for about three, four years straight. Jerry can't help himself. Yeah. It's just that simple. Jerry has if Jerry doesn't say something controversial once every couple of weeks, I think Jerry's sad. So Jerry has to go on this show and he's got to say something that he knows is going to to immediately post to ESPN.com, not ESPN Dallas, ESPN.com. Yeah, the uh, yeah. That's that's Jerry. And now? All right, number four oh, is yeah, my yeah. favorite. I had way too much fun with this one. He shows butt and gets it down. Evaldi slips, throw to first, not in time. Infield hit. And there is the call, and it will be overturned. And another blown call by Hernandez. And the one-two, back up the middle, hits the mound. Bogart's over, gloves it, throws it, and it's in time. A spectacular play. By Mytel, safe is the call. And another blown call by Hernandez. And a ground ball. Backhand flip to second. Out recorded at second base. And out at first, a double play. A run will score. Slow developing play with the shift on. But Boston turns two. Gregorius is convinced he was safe. Five challenges for the first base umpire. He sees it right now on the big board and knows it. It's got to be the sickest feeling in the world for an umpire. It'll be a quick one. Yeah, it didn't take long at all. And another blown call by Hernandez. (laughs) Yeah, our guy. That's our guy, Angel Hernandez. How does he have a job? I, I, I don't know. And you know what? I know. It's been brutal for. You know what I see every it's been time? brutal forever. The response on Twitter is always, well, he sued baseball. And so he's the type of guy I would fire him. I would fire him today. And I would say, Angel, I've done you a favor. I have filed a suit against myself on your behalf because you're such a joke. It's so And bad. I know what you're going to do. I'm looking at the ESPN.com story here, too. It says that it also appeared that Hernandez might have missed the fo- a fourth play, but that was too close to overturn with certainty. And, oh, and by the way, and by the way, and this is a disgrace. And and the fact that baseball is allowing this is a complete joke. He's got the plate tonight. Yep. Yep. I was just going to get to that. How do you not that. take him yep. off the plate? Yep. Oh, all right. Another problem solver, right? You've got to take him off the plate. You can't let him. You cannot let him have the plate. Because, because here's the thing. You can, for last night, for all the bad, you know, for all the bad misses that he had last night, okay, you've got you you got replay to sort of override that and to get by, you know, and to not have that be a huge issue. I mean, it's embarrassing for him, but you have replay in place. Well, I take him off but, the series. But, but this, tonight, he's going to be behind the plate. That's all judgment stuff. <laughs> yes. Balls and strikes. That's going to be at his discretion. <clears throat> I mean, you, you can't. Yes. You can't. You can't do that. And another blown call by Hernandez. ESPN.com story. Since Hernandez filed his suit against MLB in 2017, he's been selected for the 2017 All-Star Game, as well as postseason duty in 17 and 18. His lawsuit claims he was passed over for assignment because of a feud with Joe Torre, who is MLB's chief baseball officer. Well, he was passed over because he's awful. <laughs> but I'm not being funny here. How do you not? I would. He per- should not be behind. I, I would take him off the series. But how do you not? I just mean, he shouldn't rotate? have a job. But he. I right. mean, he. he but how do you not, not rotate? How do you just not rotate him? If nothing else, rotate him down the line. Because I, I think we're, we're now 
in a playoff situation where you go with five umpires, mm-hmm. just rotate them down the line, have them do left field or right field. I don't care. And have the guy who did second base last night or an outfield ump do the play tonight. Well, here's the problem, too, is all eyes are going to, because of last night especially, all eyes are going to be on his, on him and his strike zone tonight. All eyes are that's 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 what's going to be the talker tonight, even with the even with it being the the Red Sox and the Yankees, and maybe even especially it being the Red Sox and the Yankees. Everybody's going to be looking at Angel Hernandez and his strike zone and everything else that comes with being a home plate umpire. Well, and he's just incompetent, and he's, has been. He's forever. just incompetent forever. <sighs> he has been over the past three regular seasons. Angel Hernandez has seen eighteen calls at first base go to review. Take a guess at the amount of the 18, so 18 calls that he's made at the bag that he was umpiring last night. Why is it? It's always, it always seems take, to be first base with him, too. Take a, take a guess at how many of those 18 were then upon replay overturned, by the way, by a group in I'd New say York. probably at least half. That doesn't want to overturn calls. The umpires in New York desperately, because right. it's their buddies. They're, they're not, they're not replay officials. Their guys drinking beer and eating pizza in New York who are about to go to a series. Um, more than half, way more than half, 78%. 14, so 14, 14 of, 18 of 18 calls were wrong. Oh, my God. And another blown call by Hernandez. The one place where Hawk and Twins fans agree, this guy is awful. Guy's yeah, brutal. If I had three, so if I had three guys that I could, that I could fire today, <laughs> Joe West is gone. He's just oh, a yeah. he's a buffoon. He's just a buffoon. CB Buckner. Oh yeah, is awful behind the plate as well. Have I ever played? I, I may have to play this for you when we come back from break. All right. I I, I think we still have it in the system of uh, Tom Hamilton, radio voice for the Cleveland Indians. Yep. Frequent guest on the ride with Royce. Yep. Uh, he goes on about a one minute tangent. Very very friendly because. Tom's the ultimate pro, and he's a gentleman, and he's a great guy and everything. But uh, he goes on for about a minute, minute and a half, just ripping into C.B. Buckner, but in a very calm, polite, in a very Tom Hamilton way. I'll see if I can find it when we come back here. We'll play next. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Whoa. On 1500 ESPN. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic here. 35W southbound. We have a uh, 15-minute delay. That's due to a crash uh, between the Minnesota River and Black Dock Road. Uh, Black Dog Road, excuse me, near Burnsville. And also 94 eastbound. Uh, we have about a seven-minute delay. That's because of a crash uh, between Dale Street and Marion Street in St. Paul. So be on the lookout for that. Judd? TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd uh, right now is Zolgad and Manny Hill. Did you find the Tom Hamilton Cle- voice of the Cleveland Indians uh, takedown of C.B. Buckner? Yes, I did. And this was actually a game against the Twins. I think it was last season, sometime last season, because we ended up replaying this uh, on the ride with Royce, but I'll play it for you here. Here's the set and payoff pitch. Strike three called, Encarnacion not happy, thought the pitch was outside, was ready to go to first, and he is letting C.B. Buckner have it. And a look at the replay, and it was definitely outside. I I tell you what, somebody has to explain to people how certain umpires 
like a C.B. Buckner, continue to have a job. At some point, don't you have to be qualified and don't you have to be good enough? If a player was as bad as he is, they'd be in the minor leagues or out of the game. And Buckner's been bad today for both teams. But that was a brutal call, and it's a game-changing call. And that takes nothing away from how the Twins have played and how they've pitched today. But it's ridiculous that certain guys in the umpiring profession keep their jobs no matter how bad they are. Yes. <laughs> now the set by Kinsler. Now Beautiful. the 0-2 pitch. Up high. How about that? He called it a ball. One and two the count. <laughs> That's great. Yes. Tom Hamilton. I love Tom Hamilton, man. Kudos. He's, he's That's awesome. a, you know, all right, that is right there. That should be in um, an example for play-by-play guys of how to do it. Because mm-hmm. they so often don't don't want to be overly critical. Or if they are, they, they sound like raging homers. Yeah, they lose their minds, yeah. And then you're like, okay, the credibility then is pretty much shot. But this was very calm That's very, Tom, very but polite, but, but he, was, right. he was correct. But the job thing, the, the assessment of the job is... I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. How do these? How does Angel Hernandez, if nothing else, just pay him to go away? They made a mistake. They hired a guy who can't umpire. C.B. Buckner can't work the plate. He's in. He's un. He's not capable of working the plate. I've seen him work enough games. He's got no clue. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Well, and and I don't. What what's amazing to me is. How, how they're allowed to just continue to like like Tommy said in that in that clip? How are they allowed to continue to get? I mean, it's not like they can't go and find other guys. No, but it's all it's all union stuff, though, isn't it? Well, it is, but there's got to come a point. What I don't, what I don't get is this. I understand the electronic strike zone is going to take some time. It just is, and I think it'll eventually be here, but it's not here yet. But in the meantime, why don't we pay more to and assign guys the plate who can work the plate? Whoever mandated, whoever decided, well, we got, in a regular season game, four umpires, right? And they're going to rotate. And then you're going to be a third base, you're going to be a second base, you're going to be a first base in the plate. How does somebody not just say, you know what, that's really not a great idea? We've got X amount of guys who balls and strikes-wise are really good. And that's an incredibly tough job. It is. So we'll pay them more, and they'll work the plate way more. But, you know, maybe C.B. Buckner, I don't think he can, but he can get by with, let's say, working first, second, and third. And he's employed by the league, and they don't want to fire him, and I get all that. I don't like it, but I get it. But he shouldn't be behind the plate. Right, but how do you not just say, you got someone on your crew who's going to work the plate. When when you're supposed to work the plate, CB, we're going to pay you a bit less, and you can sue us again. We don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, you can't, you're not going to win. The umpires are not going to win all these lawsuits. If I go to court and say, they won't let me have home plate, the judge is going to say, well, shut up and get out of here. You stink. Because the thing of it is, we shouldn't be having these conversations about how bad Angel Hernandez or CB Buckner are well, we should, and we or should, Joe West and, and how we, bad they are. Like we shouldn't be having those conversations. No. but they continue to make this because they're so bad. The stories always end up being about them, and we sure as hell shouldn't be talking about the fact that Angel Hernandez has the plate tonight. Right, 
That's that's unacceptable. That's yeah. that's but that's not even a discussion where where you're like, well, or where you say, Manny, I sort of get it, or it's just sports. It's an unacceptable discussion to have. Now, to our point about Tommy Hamilton and how he handled that whole thing with C B Buckner and how he responded is very calm, very critical, but very calm. The other way to do it is like Hawk Harrelson would do. He threw him out of the ball game. You gotta be paping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I loved it. That's the opposite. He so he was so. Can you he's, he's can you one believe? Of a kind, man. To go back to our discussion, I think of two weeks ago, Manny. Can you believe the White Sox made him GM? <laughs> I know. But what part of what part of when what part of when Reinsdorf when Jerry Reinsdorf back in the day sat down with Hawk and he's a character I get it mm-hmm. but what part of Jerry Reinsdorf a, a successful businessman in his brain thought you know what this is going to be a good fit going to be great because he loves White Sox baseball <laughs> seriously if you were talking to people for a job and you were making the decision and you had a guy who just reacted like Hawk did about anything. Would you think to yourself, bingo, I found my guy. I just found my guy. What in the hell are you doing? (laughs) I love that. I love that one. All right, uh, we've got plenty more to go. Two hours left. Golick Jr. at uh, 4.30. Chris Singleton joins us next. He worked the uh, Brewers and Rocky series for ESPN Radio. We'll talk to him next about that. We'll also talk to him about how some umpires are still employed and we can't figure it out. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.